Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Ops Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to Tech People. A number of weeks back, we had a hugely successful podcast with Alvar Klander from ThinkJam. We spoke about current and future trends in adtech. This week, Daniel Robbie, who is the CEO and founder of ThinkJam, has kindly agreed to come on the show and talk to us about his entrepreneurial journey, where he's built and skillfully steered multiple businesses to great success in the entertainment space. He also talks to us about creative versioning in adtech. What is it? How is it impacting your business and where is it heading? So welcome to the show, Daniel. Nice to be here, Ken. Thanks for having me. No, great. Thank you for coming on board. We had Oliver, your colleague, on a few number of weeks back, and that was hugely successful talking about ad tech trends, and I'm looking forward to going more into this today. But before we start, I always ask my guests, could you just give us a bit of background about yourself and tell us a bit about your journey? Yeah, sure. Hopefully I'll deliver the same sort of numbers as, as Oliver did as well. No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah, so my personal journey has gone through from a sort of design development background in the digital space from university through to my career, which has primarily been in the film and entertainment world. And for the last 16, 17 years, I, I founded and have subsequently been running an agency called Think Jam. Okay. which is essentially a marketing agency for entertainment clients. We, we service all of the major film studios, streaming companies and entertainment businesses through game, book publishing, theatre and so on. And we help those clients launch their movies, their TV shows around the world, digital first. So we will take a property, we'll develop a strategy, we'll develop the creative content we will do their PR, their social, manage their channels, essentially making sure that as many eyeballs can see the product launch as possible and get as much return on investment for the client as possible. And we've been building the business very successfully with a team in London, with a team in Los Angeles. As I say, most of our clients are the studios, so they're all based in Los Angeles. And we work with those clients on a local level for UK campaigns and international level where we're managing a lot of country-specific social channels and content, and on a U.S. domestic level where we're doing marketing for the U.S. And actually, it's that piece of sort of the international part of our business which actually led to our tech platform, Remake. Okay. A big part of Think Jam, in addition to the strategy and in addition to PR, has been creating and versioning content for their media plans. And back in the day, that was statics and GIFs, and then it was flash ads, and it was HTML5 ads, and now it's video ads. And we do that for all of the major studios in a number of different formats, where we're taking their ads, we may be creating them, or we may be taking one source toolkit that someone's created in-house or another agency, 
And then we version them for them in a number of different languages, changing the languages, changing the sizes, changing the messaging, changing the quotes that have come in from the press for retailers that were changing pricing and third-party logos for brand partners. And we real- I realized that to actually scale this business, I couldn't add more people and I could, couldn't do it any faster because the margins are just annihilated and to orchestrate that many people to do it at scale, it needed a tech solution. We looked around a little bit and there's a few things out there, but actually they're all intrinsically linked to add platforms. So there's a biasedness to them. So we decided to build our own and we started building Remake for our own use. It's a big part of Think Jam now as a new shiny toy, if you like, where we talk to our entertainment clients and wider brands to help them understand and to help solve their problem of versioning content at scale. When did this come when did you start the whole remake aspect of Think Jam? It's been brewing for a while. As I say, we we've needed to add more people to the team and do things faster, which isn't always the answer. Right. The video component of our work takes longer. There's more complexity with software and plugins and tools and machines and rendering time. Very different to just a flash ad or an HTML5 ad. So it's it's been brewing for a while. We've been looking for different solutions and we started building our tool probably two years ago as a little seedling that picked up a lot last year where we started developing it out sort of half two of last year into a more formal product. We realized, as everyone is, a lot of these services and solutions are actually going in-house as well. And suddenly, how do you compete with in-house? Actually, a tool empowers the in-house team. So we're not actually competing, we're supporting them. So we developed it end of last year. And then this year through, I guess, the crisis, we've just doubled down. Um, I've deployed quite a bit of ThinkJam resource into Remake over in recent months as we've restructured the business. We've actually made a couple of hires, big hires in Remake in the last six to eight months with our sales team, marketing, our client experience, making sure that the clients are looked after. And of course, the tech side, people to own and drive and build the tech and the product. Yeah. And that's also, is, is this kind of going, the next stage then, is, is this going to be like a SaaS platform? Or how do you see it going forward in the future? Yeah, it's definitely a SaaS platform. There's We're selling it to our clients as a SaaS platform with a license model. They pay a monthly fee, dependent on the scale of services that they require. And then they pay small usage fees depending on the output. But it is SaaS. The goal for me for this business is that it is as smart as possible, as brutally simple as possible. Brutally simple is a key, but it's as automated as possible for the client. So we're quite, we're heavily focused on very simple UX, but very intelligent functionality that allows the client to manage as much, if not all of the process as possible. We do offer a soft managed service if clients need or if they're short of resource that they want us to take care of it. But really, it's putting the power into their hands. Cool. And so, you know, I mean, obviously, this is, I know about ad tech, but the whole area of versioning, I mean, the market size or the costs, 
what is the cost of versioning? I mean, to a clerk, to a company, what's the impact there? It's a good question. There's a different way of answering that, if I may, which is actually we put in a lot of our proposals and when we're talking to our clients, what's the cost of not versioning? Okay. I suppose that's exactly what I wanted to ask more than the actual I mean, the costs of versioning in in a black and white answer is with the platform remake based on versioning benchmark prices from an agency, we're up to 70% and in a couple of places a little bit more than 70% cheaper. So... If you're paying made up numbers, but if you're paying ten pounds, we're about three pounds. Okay. Uh, so it's a significant saving, and that doesn't even factor in the time saving of managing and briefing and looking after those agencies and relationships and team. So there's huge cost saving. The other way of looking at it, which is what we just said, is the cost of not versioning, and we're seeing enormous statistics that are starting to come to light. Certainly, even more recently through the crisis, where more people are on their phones which is the flood of advertising and content and the levels of engagement when I'm not being spoken to personally. Mm. Personally doesn't just mean it's got my name Daniel in the ad. It doesn't mean it's just got the weather of where I live in the ad. But personal is looking at my data and insight. Personal could mean just relevant to my country and local nuances. It's not just creating one ad changing the language in 50 countries and deploying it, but allowing each of those 50 countries to adjust the nuances of language and tone to engage that audience. And as I say, with the cost being so, the real money cost being so significantly cheaper, the engagement rates of those ads are going up. We can see from data, not our data, from third-party data that we're exploring from many of the big consultancy firms that are analysing engagement and advertising at the moment that actually the bigger question is if you're not versioning are your ads really hitting and really being engaged as you want them to be we're seeing higher rates of click through we're seeing longer dwell time it's video so there's longer dwell time and all of these signals point to really you you've got to think about this and we're seeing i think the number off the top of my head is only about 15 percent of cmos are really focusing on targeted versioned ads i'm not i'll be clear if i can i'm not just talking about programmatic but i'm talking about video content that is customized and relevant to the audience yeah could you actually would you mind actually maybe to, if you could talk us through like a real example maybe not to mention names or anything but just for the benefit of the audience that really it's clear what they understand so it's, it's a video ad and yeah. give us an example of something that just really bring it home yeah yeah i mean look the simplest I'll give you two, two different use cases. A simple example is where a client can change the language and they've created their social ad for their shampoo or trainer or apparel or movie and they need to change that ad, the messaging, the price, the call to action, the animated splash copy. It's copy in a different language. They ingest the ad into our system. They change the items they want to change, and then they deploy to social or media. We can change in our system copy, which is key. And if it's language, it's very straightforward, any language. If it's originally in English and it's in a stylized font and it's 3D animated and it's integrated within the video, all of that gets changed and the animation and styling and font and colors are all maintained. So the original ad 
looks identical to the version dad. Okay. You can change pack shots and logos. So a great example is phone providers when they create a phone ad and their phone networks in every single country is different. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. If you're a brand selling a product, let's say it's a toy and you've got different retailers, you can change the logo of the retailers in the ad. If you're an ad that's selling a piece of apparel on social and it's got the price, you can change the price through our system in seconds. So it's any use where you want to change something at speed. We've had a brilliant use case recently where, well, I say recently, it was before COVID, where the client wanted to change the messaging in the ad based on the events in a sports match, in a rugby match, actually. Right. They didn't want to create every version with every player, with every instance. So we set up the ad in the system. And as soon as the person scored, the name could be integrated into the ad and it could be delivered. Yeah, fantastic. So there's, I mean, I could sit here for an hour just giving you. Yeah, yeah, I can see. (laughs) But then, I mean, it's so logical to my mind when you explain it. Why do companies have version then? Is it because of the costs or what is it? I mean, they don't have the expansion. Well, I, th- I mean, companies do version. Companies do, do do version. So what extent is one thing we're figuring out and how many companies version is equally what we're figuring out. There's a lot of companies that we're talking to at the moment who do version and have it very high up on their agenda and it's integrated into their workflow, but they can't do it fast enough and they can't do it cheaply enough. So remake comes into play because it's considerably faster and it's considerably cheaper. There are a lot of other companies who aren't versioning, who don't know how to integrate it into their tech stack. And maybe they're confined by the tools and systems they've got in place. With respect to those companies, they've got so many other priorities. What we say at Remake is that we're taking that pain away. So we're actually not replacing an entire tech stack. We're replacing one thing, versioning, and allowing you and empowering you to solve that problem. We know that companies are short on resource, short on time, short on budget. Remake actually ticks all three of those boxes. In fact, it ticks a fourth box because the quality of the output is the same as the quality of the input. So the ad looks exactly the same, albeit with a different language or copy or message Mm -hmm. to how it came in. So we're putting that power into those clients' hands. And certainly the feedback that we've had so far, Ken, has been fantastic when we're showing it to people is, I think we've got, we keep a list of client quotes from our demo. <laughs> and one of the, one of the top quotes is, I wish I had this when. And then they tell us about a campaign and they sat up all night and they had five people working through the night to change a date or a logo or something on an ad because an emergency happened. And if they had remake, they'd have been able to do it in an hour or two. Wow. I can only imagine myself. I know because even doing, I've done some video, video, video editing on, and stuff I do on LinkedIn, but it's a lot of work to do. We can just change small things. If you don't yeah. have it's, it's really difficult. Probably worth mentioning, if I may, it's not an editing tool. Okay. I know you said when you were editing. Yeah, okay. It's a good point to clarify. But just to jump on that, because we're not editing. We're actually, it's not a creative tool. Okay. What it actually does is it maintains the creative that's put into the system. So if you're designers and creative directors and art directors have made a beautiful ad and slaved over this piece of content for however long the control that a company has is very limited 
They can't redesign it. They can't reposition stuff. They can't change fonts. They can't change logos. And we do that very consciously because we've got strong belief that the creative, the original creative must look the same across every piece of content. We've learned a very deeply instilled discipline at Think Jam when we're looking after some of the biggest film properties in the world. And whether that's a Marvel movie or Harry Potter or a kid's movie, you know, these brands, the control of the brand and the original design is 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 slaved over, labored over. Yeah, I can remember. You create another hundred versions. You don't want to yeah. accidentally change the font or accidentally move the legal line or I prefer that color, so I'm gonna change it. So we we stripped out all control for that reason. So we're not editing. Editing's done by the creatives. Well, that makes a lot of sense, to be honest, when you explain it like that. But what I mean, you're talking, so I mean, what are the constraints? I mean, what are the, what's the downside attached to versioning? What is the downside attached to versioning? Wow, I've never had that question before. I'm sort of biased to say none. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the downside is that you don't want to overcook it, right? The downside is that you don't just want to version for the sake of it. What we're trying to do is enable clients who want to target their content to the right people with the right messaging at the right time. That's not a sentence we've invented. We've all heard that and read it in every marketing and business book over the last decade. But it's a very important line and strategy to remember. So the downside is actually giving too much power to a company that they can swamp their audience with too much messaging and with too much content. But we haven't we haven't crossed that bridge yet, so I might have to come back to another podcast and update you. <laughs> we look forward to it. In terms of so, I mean, is it still very old school in terms of it's very manual process today? I know you're developed this solution now, but the whole yeah. version it's still very manual today, I guess. Isn't it? it is, and there's a lot of businesses, including ThinkJam, I say, where you know. There's a lot of mice running really, really fast around the wheel or hamsters running really fast around the wheel, taking assets, looking at media plans, cross-referencing to spreadsheets, looking at Google Docs, cracking open the files, loading up the font, loading in the plugins, changing the copy, passing it to QA, getting the client to QA it. There's an error. It goes back through the cycle. It's very manual. I mean, listen, it's very slick. There's a lot of companies doing it exceptionally well and a lot of teams doing it very, very well. What we're trying to do is is really cut out room for error and create speed. That The tool removes so many layers of areas where things can go wrong, where information going backwards and forwards gets lost on an email or on a Google Doc, or it's copied and pasted wrong. So we're trying to remove all of those things and trying to, we're not actually, and it's probably an important part of my answer, we're not trying to remove jobs. So we're not trying to lose the people. Okay. We're just trying to put smarter tools in their hands so that they can do more with less. Right. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. But going back to your earlier point, because, you know, you hadn't, I mean, a couple of years ago, I suppose, there was something that was happening in the background that kind of naturally progressed into this tool called Remake. But now it sounds like it's going into quite a big solution within your organization. What's the future hold for you in this space? <laughs> I've got um, two parts to that answer. The future, I think, is, is, is very exciting. I've got enormous ambitions for Remake, um, where I can see it being a, a global product 
integrated into some of the best companies in the world and an essential part of someone's workflow. You know, I talk about, I use words like brutal simplicity and um, easy to use and frictionless solutions. And we want to integrate that into companies to give a best in class product. So the future, I think, is good. We're, we definitely seem to be developing a smart product at the right time where brands, you know, everyone's starting to gear up getting excited post-vaccine and what does the world look like? And I suspect most companies have got lists of what don't we want to go back to and how do we make our lives easier going forward and what have we learned through this crisis? I think we make one of those solutions in that space where you can do things easier and there are cheaper, more efficient, effective ways to combine technology and the human brain. Coming back to your question, so coming back to the question regarding sort of Think Jam and the transition, it's been a very interesting journey for us. We we are migrating from a some of us, I should say, some of us Think Jam are migrating from a marketing service people based business into tech SaaS fast growth speed, efficiency, automation, and a very different language. Um, I say some of us because clearly ThinkJam still stands and there's a lot of people still working very well in that business, but a few people have shifted over to Remake. Um, so for me, for me, sitting as the sort of CEO and founder, I only see opportunity and I only see excitement. Um, I've we, we must have done well on course for maybe a hundred demos of the platform over the last six to eight months, maybe a fraction less. And we've had nothing but wows. And how do you do that? And that's really smart. And I wish I had, we had a couple, we have, we, we have people clap, right? Uh, Oliver does demos and he gets people to, they, they clap at the end. It's just so simple. Um, and that's kind of what we're striving to do. If we can make a small little bit of the marketing tech world a better place, we've done a bloody good job. Brilliant. Fantastic, Daniel. Listen, if people want to learn more about you and your organization, how would they get in touch with you? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, Daniel Roby. Um, Remake is the simplest email, simplest web address in the world, which is remake.video. Uh, very simple, remake.video. And of course, thingjam.com is, is, the creative video, uh, is the creative video content agency. Actually, I'll ask you one last question. The product, I mean, because I know there could be a lot of even smaller organizations that, you know, could really want to enter new markets that want to do advertising. Is it also uh, geared towards smaller companies, smaller businesses, or is it more medium, bigger companies? No, it's, it's geared. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. The honest answer is at the moment, it's geared towards medium to large size organizations. Okay. And that is where we've started. Um, you know, we're, we're a lean operation and we don't have unlimited resource to, and we want to build it properly. However, we do have on our roadmap in um, the early part of 2021, which I know we're all, all excited to get, get to for a number of different reasons. But we've got within our roadmap um, a plan to integrate more of a self-serve model. So smaller businesses can sign up, um, buy off the shelf, pay as they go, which is crucial. Right. and uh, self-serve 
We've got some smart um, customer service bots that we've developed. We've got smart customer service videos that we've developed. And we're developing now some of the engines to allow companies to have a self-serve model. But we're not quite there yet. Step by step, Daniel. Step by step, Ken. Thank you. Absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us a bit more about this. Really interesting. And I hope to get you on again next year and we can talk how it's progressed. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ken. Thank you.